0: Hello, my name is Jen Hickey. Welcome to The When Podcast, a series of conversations with people as they share their when moments. Recognizing these times can change our destiny, help us to stop hiding behind the past, or clinging to a future that may or may not happen. This podcast is about recognizing the power of the when moments. As women, we have a lot to deal with. Here's just another example. Menopause. If you or your partner, friend or family member suffer from unexplained moods, anxiety, a feeling of being lost or irrational rage, to name just a few of the symptoms, please listen and share this podcast. But I did not
1: want to mention the word menopause. To OK. Me. A, I thought menopause happened when you're much older. Mm-hmm. So maybe 60, really. Um, I also felt I couldn't tell anybody about, that I was menopausal because then they'd know my age. Now, right. In all fairness, they probably could guess my age, give or take five years anyway. Yeah. But I was very super sensitive about my age. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want them to feel that I was over the hill, past it, or that I was going to become a crazy lady, mm. which is a lot of associations kind okay. of with menopause. Mm-hmm. And there was no positive words in my association with menopause.
0: Today, I am joined by the founder and CEO of The Menopause Hub, Loretta Dignam. Loretta left her career at the top of the corporate ladder to open a medical clinic called The Menopause Hub. Her mission is to help as many women as possible. Today, we chat about her journey to opening the clinic and her own experiences through it. Welcome along and uh, tell me, what were you doing before all this? Well, firstly, Jennifer, thank you for having me along today. Oh, my pleasure. I'm thrilled here. I forgot to
1: call you Jen. Um, (laughs) I'm thrilled uh, to be here. And thank you for shedding a spotlight on this such a taboo topic. It's really one of the most neglected areas of women's health. So anybody that wants to talk about it, I'm up for that. I'm passionate about about the topic. And so back. Right. So I guess um I would have had a um, a very successful career working in um big corporations um American international in Ireland um working in marketing communications branding all that kind of thing and in 2012 I think I won marketer of the year yeah so very happy in my career really loving it and um i w- I'm a divorced mother of two kids and I've read them mostly on my own so and I've worked outside the home all the time. And um, I suppose about a month before I turned 50, yeah, uh, my period stopped and okay. um, all of a sudden these hot flushes started. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how ignorant I was about menopause. And I'm ignorant, uneducated, naive, whatever. I just
0: did not know anything about it. And Did you have in the back of your head though that, oh, this is something that, don't worry, don't worry, go ahead, pop it, pop it on silent, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Um, did you have, though, in the back of your head that this is something, I'm, the change or something like that coming on? Or were you literally... Oh, when
1: I had no... When my period stopped, I didn't really know they stopped for good because okay. you don't know until you're a year... Um, with no periods that you're actually postmenopausal, but they did stop. And then when the hot flushes started, I knew that this was menopause um, because they were the only two things I knew about menopause. Okay,
0: okay. Never now, can I just, I just, I'm just going to jump in. So you're, you're at top of your game yeah. in your career. You're yeah. working really hard, working all the hours, marketeer of the year, as you just said. All of a sudden, this is happening to you. You're kind of a bit confused, but you're still working away. You're oh, just thinking yeah. push on through, yeah. you know. yeah. I'm a strong woman. Yeah, yeah.
1: I can, you know, yeah. I can battle through and whatnot. Yeah. No bother. So um they were the only two, two things I had to... That I knew of to begin with. They were okay. the only things I knew associated with menopause. And the hot I used to get were like twenty or thirty a day. Holy God! And then at night I'd have them and the duvet be on and off and on and off. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it's very debilitating. Um, yeah. And after a while, you know, I'd be making presentations to senior people, and in the middle of this, you get this surge of intense heat. And Quite frankly, you want to get your clothes off as quickly as possible, which <laughs> obviously you cannot do. Yeah. Yeah. And you're standing there, maybe making the presentation mid-sentence. And all you can feel is this heat rising, the perspiration coming out. Like I could feel the perspiration on the ends of my hair. Wow. And um, I would feel the sweat rolling down my face. My, my makeup would be, you know, um, sliding off. And I'm mid-sentence trying to focus on what I'm delivering or what, whatever the presentation yeah. is. I'm trying to look at the audience and whatever and thinking, oh my God, what, it, you know, this is so embarrassing. Um, never mind what they can see. Mm-hmm. Usually they can't see as much as I feel, sure. but at the same time, knocks you off your concentration and so on. So this was really debilitating, but I did not want to mention the word menopause. To okay. Me. A, I thought menopause happened when you're much older. Mm-hmm. So maybe 60 really. Um, I also felt I couldn't tell anybody that I was menopausal because then they'd know my age. Now, right. In All fairness. They probably could guess my age, give or take five years anyway. Yeah. But I was very super sensitive about my age. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want them to feel that I was over the hill, past it, or that I was going to become a crazy lady, mm. which is a lot of associations kind okay. of with menopause. Mm-hmm. And there was no positive words in my association with menopause, except that your periods end and you were free from getting pregnant. They were the only yeah. know, the positives. and um, But anyway, as time went on, more and more things started to happen in my body. And after three years, I was the only thing I can say is exhausted because it was relentless. Yes. The the symptoms would stop and I think for a week or two and Mm. I think, oh my God, that's it. It's over and through menopause. But in reality, they come back again with the vengeance okay. because the hormones are, are um, fluctuating. So mm-hmm. they might take another, do- another drop and then they might level out and then another drop. So um, this was going on for three years. And I have to say, none of my friends were experiencing it. Oh, gosh. So, of course, you, you know, felt so alone, I'd though. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In so yeah. my head, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. Um, my daughter was going through puberty at the time and mm-hmm. she was sitting, if she was sitting in the car beside me, Bear in mind this. She could feel the heat radiating from me, and she'd put down the window and say, "Are you having a flush, Mum?"
0: Wow, that's like that's
1: the intensity of the heat coming Gosh. from you. Yeah, um, but they're the famous symptoms.
0: I mean, I just was going to say to you because this is th- well, this is how I came across you in the first place. I mean, I'm 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 45. I'm not menopausal now. My own journey in the last kind of few years—I'll say five years—has been one of a bit of a roller coaster and none of the symptoms you're mentioning I went through. I wasn't having hot flushes, none of that, but I did experience a huge loss of confidence, anxiety. My sleep was all over the place. As a result, I was absolutely exhausted. My body felt about 20 years older than it was. Now, I had no idea that I was going through what we, what I now know is the perimenopause. And of course, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But just... I suppose one of the most important reasons for doing this podcast is is for listeners, male and female, to understand that it's different for every single body. And, you know, maybe you're a a husband or a brother and you're noticing changes in your sister or your partner and you're wondering, is there something going on? So that's why this is so important. So we give context and we understand there is actually so many different symptoms. So before we get into that, so when was the decision then for you? That something has to change and that you are going to be the one to do it. Because this is huge. Yeah.
1: Well, I did eventually, um, having tried every supplement and every kind of natural um, uh, solution to help through these symptoms, I um, tried everything, including magnets in my underwear (laughs) for 35 euro in boots. Um, Let me tell you, the only thing that happened there was that the shopping trolley (laughs) and the supermarket wire basket stuck to my um, tummy. Oh God. So um, highly embarrassing. So but anyway, funny. it didn't actually work for me. Okay. Now I've heard some women say it does work for them, but anyway, absolutely. different. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose I went to my GP, that was a very quick 10 minute conversation. And because I mentioned... And the reason I, I, I focus on the flushes was because I knew so little else. And when I look back now through my 40s, mm. I see uh, so many different symptoms. And as you said, we'll talk about those in a minute, That I just didn't associate. Nobody joined those dots yes. for me and I didn't know how to join those dots myself. Mm-hmm. So I went to the GP. She said, oh, yeah, you're postmenopausal, menopausal or whatever. will give you a patch. HRT is much less dangerous than you think okay. in terms of breast cancer and so on. So I took that. But had she asked me a couple more questions, she wouldn't have given me that exact prescription. So after after a few weeks or whatever, I took it off and I went somewhere else. I had a completely different consultation where I left knowing that all these things that were wrong with me, and I have a big long list, okay. and were um, were actually to do with menopause and to do with okay. the lack of oestrogen. So your
0: first experience with the doctor, she didn't
1: explain this? No. I mean, all she said was, oh, you have half flushes. You've no periods. You're over fifty. Menopause. Okay. So yeah. and she did offer me HRT, and she said to me, "Okay, risks
0: amazing much less that than she did
1: think." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I left, but it just wasn't the right thing for me. Okay. So then I went to someone else, and then that was a completely different consultation, much longer, much more expensive, but much longer. And I left knowing so much more, and I left with separate hormones. Right. Myself. Okay. And I suppose to get back to your question, then is so after a few months, I felt amazing. Okay. All my symptoms went, I felt on top of the world and I thought, oh my God, everybody needs to know about this. This is magic. Um, And I was terrified of HMT before. Are you still working away marketing? Still working away marketing, still doing all that. Okay. My turning point came with, I was sitting in a, um, in Bewley's that had reopened mm-hmm. and I was having a cup of coffee with a lady who was turning 60 the following weekend. She was telling me she's having a party and da-da-da, whatever. Obviously pre-COVID. And um, she um, she said, she picked up the menu and she started, you know, fanning her face. And I said to her, are you okay? Do you feel faint? Do you need a glass of water? Will I take you outside? And she said, oh no, no, it's just a hot flush. And I said, at 60? And she said, yes. And I said, how long have you had these for? And she said, 10 years. Wow. And I said, and who did you go to? Did you go for help? Did you? Mm. No, I didn't know who to go to. I was too confused. I was too afraid. I didn't know who to trust. Oh. This woman is a woman that I would have admired. Oh, isn't that awful. In the business world. Yeah. As a smart, intelligent, mm-hmm. educated woman. And she was as uneducated as I was. And on that day, mm. during that cup of coffee. This is your I when decided, moment. decided. <laughs> I'm going to do something about this. Women in Ireland need to know more and I need to shortcut that journey for them so that they don't have to spend three years, as I call it, in the wilderness Mm. or 10 years like this lady or whatever. So that was on it. And I basically gave up what I was doing. I took nine months. Gosh, um, thank goodness you did. uh, Nine months to do research and whatever. And then I found some doctors who were interested. And then I set up a clinic with some experts. And we're the first dedicated menopause clinic in Ireland and the only one still and the menopause hub. So that's what I decided to do. That's how passionate I was about it. And I can tell you, I knew nothing about the medical world. Sure. I knew nothing about anything actually I was taking on and maybe naivety and innocence is a good thing <laughs> because I suppose if I knew then what I know now, I may not know, I would have done it. But I just felt so passionate about it. Yeah. I just felt, I cannot believe so many women are going around miserable, suffering in silence and I mean suffering. Yeah. And um, and because 80% of women will get symptoms, five percent right. will be moderate to severe and 25% will be severe. Yes. So... There's a lot of women suffering. And in the Irish population, in the age group of, say, 45 to 60, there's 571,000 women. So over half a million women in this age group, 80% of who have symptoms. In the workforce, there's over 350,000 women. Wazers, yeah, um, So a lot of women are being impacted. And mm. it's not only their lives and their health, but it's also their families. It's yeah. impacting the families. Mm-hmm. It's impacting them at work and it's impacting relationships. Yeah. So I I think it's something that needs to be brought out into the open.
0: Podcasts like this are just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it is. And and absolutely, I I couldn't agree more. I I suppose, you know, myself and and for anybody that's listening, as I said, male or female, you know, you you might just this is it doesn't just happen overnight necessarily. This is a very slow process. As I say, I knew nothing myself about Perimenopause until I kind of did my own research and came across the menopause hub. And, you know, I live a very, you know, healthy lifestyle. I exercise. I actually teach Pilates. I eat well and all of those things. So, despite my best efforts, I still found myself with these feelings that, in fairness, I had no idea were associated. So, when I discovered that actually, the loss of confidence I was having, you know the waking up at four o'clock in the morning, the anxiety, you know, I actually found myself frequently sitting in front of the doctor kind of saying, "Look, I actually don't know who I am anymore. You know, I was really kind of just behaving a little bit oddly. Um I suppose is the best way to describe it. And you know I, I feel that that's a huge part of it for women that we kind of we wait until, like you say, this is going to happen when I'm much older. I'm not having a hot flush, so it can't be that. I'm still getting a regular period, so it, it can't be that. So to understand, I suppose, um, the transition period, which is perimenopause, mm-hmm. maybe let's talk about that yeah. for for a little bit, just to kind of give clarity for maybe somebody listening.
1: So I suppose what's really happening to women and women, and um, you know, to me it should be like the estrogen pause or something rather than the menopause, yeah. because um, really what's happening is is that um, the body is get preparing for, And the end of your fertility, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, in the 1900s, the average age of, sorry, the average life expectancy of women was 49. And the average age of menopause was 47. So women sort of only lived a couple of years before they died. Sure. And the end of their reproductive life came. Nowadays, the average age of menopause is 51 and we are living the average life expectancy is about 83.4 years. So just over 83 years. So that means we will be women will be living a third to a half of their lives post menopausal. Mm-hmm. in an estrogen deficient state. Really. Okay. So our our bodies weren't really designed and people talk about this, so it's a natural process. Well, I suppose it is the natural process because the body initiates it. But we weren't really designed to live post our sort of baby making years as long as we do. But with the advent of science, technology, mm-hmm. nutrition, etc. We are. So, um, what's happening is its decline in the estrogen primarily. And
0: what age could this be happening from?
1: Well, perimenopause is anything in eight to ten years prior to when your ovaries cease to produce eggs, which is maybe which is fifty one, the average okay. age. Mm-hmm. So it's basically in your forties. Yes, is perimenopause, and um, a number of different things can happen. So basically, what's happening is the if you can imagine, the estrogen is kind of stuttering. Mm. Um, as it 's coming to a halt, and those stutters mean that the hormone levels are fluctuating, and it means that you know your periods can start to become irregular, but they may not okay or they may change in in their um, in the way that you happen. they could be heavier, they could be lighter and When I look back now in my 40s, mm. I have a list of things that I went through. That I was unaware of were wow. associated with menopause. Okay. I suffered really badly with UTIs yeah. up through my forties. Mm-hmm. And I was back and forth to the GP with antibiotics. I got really bad headaches, so much so that I had to go for an MRI scan of my brain. Jeez. Which came back normal, and but apparently do have a brain, so I'm lucky there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness for all of us. Goodness, yeah. <laughs> so um so there was another trip, you know, going about that, the headaches. Yeah. I used to feel dizzy. And um, particularly if I was standing, maybe, I, you know, I went to, you know, school events for my children, I'd, I'd be kind of feeling dizzy. I put that down to tiredness, fatigue, the headaches I put down to almost oh, be working too hard. Of course, I must be stressed, yeah. I must be fatigued. And um, I had dry eye. I ended up three times in the eye and ear. One time I was in um, and my um, optician sent me because they said they'd never seen anything like this. They didn't know what it was. And in the eye and ear, they said, we haven't seen anything like this either. Your eyes are so dry. And Gosh. the throat was like crusted over. And one of them asked me, because one eye was worse than the other, do you sleep with one eye open? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know that was associated with the, with the menopause. Yeah. I had um, ankles, pains in my ankles. And I do. I run a little bit. I'm active, on mm-hmm. my you know, yeah, yeah. sort of diet and whatever. But I wouldn't be a marathon runner or anything like that or long distance. So a couple of kilometres, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I pains in my ankles. Going to a physio about that. I um, asthma was brought on for me. I, oh my goodness! Asthma is, um, is can be one of the, and so if you have any allergies yeah. or asthma or anything I thought that can be um, that. Or if you don't have them. It can trigger them. Okay. So even the um, Asthma Society of Ireland, um, I've spoken to them and they say, yeah, this can happen too. So I got asthma. A friend of mine also got asthma. Um, I put on about 10 pounds, wow. which I thought was because maybe I wasn't doing as much exercise as I was or I'm getting older or whatever. You're
0: working hard. Yeah. You know the usual. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, I got silent reflux. So reflux, which is digestive issues. Oh,
0: I actually had the same. I did too. I did too in my early forties. Yeah.
1: Yeah, really, really bad reflux. So bear in <gasps> mind, I'm going to see all these different people for all these different issues. It's incredible. And not once did anybody say to me, Loretta, do you know what? It could be perimenopause. Every
0: single yeah. thing was being treated in isolation. And did you think at the time this could be my hormones or not? <gasps> Shut you up. Yeah, 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 no, yeah.
1: No, no. Every single thing was must have had some reason of its own. Yeah, and. Bear in mind that the, the cost, the time, mm-hmm. the repeated visits to the doctor, the you know, just nobody joined the doctor. nobody did my blood tests. Nobody, and I know blood tests can help if you're under the age of 45, yeah. but um, uh, like there was no mention of it, and it was only and that's why I say to you is that the hot flushes were the only thing that signaled to me because okay. that's all I knew about, menopause. yeah, and that's what and we that hear the, think, from years ago, yeah, yes, yeah, our mothers, it, yeah. yeah, that signaled to my doctor. So all those other things went undiagnosed or unrelated to menopause. So when you're saying so confidence, I lost my confidence. Yeah, I was going. Yeah, who is this person? I yeah, got my old self. Oh, I can so relate. So hard. And Just do you know what I, I liken it to? Puber- it's puberty in reverse. So in puberty, particularly for a girl, all the hormones are surging in, mm. particularly oestrogen. Oestrogen yeah. is the one that touches all the cells. So it's a really crucial hormone. And when you're losing oestrogen, your body is basically drying up from the tips of your hair follicles to your toes,
0: wow, internally
1: geez. and externally. Mm-hmm. So it's a drying up process.
0: Oh my God, that sounds awful, doesn't it?
1: It does. It does. But <laughs> yeah. it starts to explain things.
0: It does. It do, it's just it, like the list of symptoms. Yeah, I
1: mean, up to 40 different symptoms and they cover um, um, the sort of psychological ones like anxiety, depression, depression, panic attacks, mood swings, irritability, et cetera, et cetera, rage, and so on. Then there's a whole load of physical ones, which are some of the ones we've spoken about there. A lot of women would complain of aches and pains, joint, muscle, et cetera, et cetera. You talked about your hip? Yeah. Yeah, I had similar. And so there's all of that. Then there is what we call the genitourinary, which means basically the ones related to your vaginal area. urethra. So there's all sorts of ones around painful sex, V- vaginal dryness, UTIs, incontinence—that's another thing. I used to laugh and sneeze, and I could feel a little leak. I used to have to get up in the night to go to the loo. Well,
0: And this Walkies is are gone. wow. May, oh my goodness! Gone. So, gosh, this—I mean, we could be here all day. Uh, so, this is all in your forties, yeah. And you only discovered them after. Yeah. This is and when did yeah, you find all sense. this out? Was when this I through your own research? research the
1: yeah. Menopause Hub. I'd never even heard of perimenopause. Gosh. And so. My um, ambition, goal, purpose is to, and the three values of our clinic are to educate, Mm -hmm. to empathize and to empower women. And I, you know, whatever source of treatment or however you want to manage your menopause is entirely your choice. Yes. But what I would really love you to know is what's happening.
0: Yes. So you can make an informed decision. Yeah. Yeah. And make an informed choice for you. Because am I right in saying choice. that? So it's not that we're sitting here saying every woman should take HRT. No. It's not for everybody. Absolutely no. not. We will talk about the different types in a few minutes yes. because there are lots of different types and, and, and those types have changed and evolved and yes. it's much safer for the body that some because there is a huge fear around it too. But let's talk about the clinic just for a second. Mm. So what can people expect? T- Talking about your team. Yeah. And when they decide to make that appointment.
1: Yeah. So basically what I tried to do was, and I do understand that HRT isn't for everybody and not everybody can take HRT. Yeah. Um, So I tried to pull together a team of people that were um, experts in their field, but that offered a bit more of a holistic, um, solution. So I have medical doctors, um, mm-hmm. who are, um, women's health doctors who specialize in menopause, who know a lot about hormones and so on. Okay. So two doctors at the moment, I have a couple more coming on board soon. Um, I have a psychologist. So CBT cognitive behavioral therapy can be very good for some women, particularly, um, women who've had, um, uh, Estrogen um, sensitive breast cancer. Okay, Um, and they can never take estrogen um, because of that. So CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and that can help with you know hot flushes, with mood, with um, sleep, with a number of different Mm areas. Um, I also have a dietician and nutritionist. Great. And um, this is a guy called Nigel Denby. He works um, in the UK and he's a specialist in the menopause age group. And he works with the, the British, sorry, the Women's Health Concern, which is the consumer arm of the British Menopause Society. And he sees women. He, before COVID, he used to come twice a month to see women in the clinic. And um, one of the big complaints that women, are complaints, you know, issues that women would have will be weight gain. Of course, yeah. And we're such a society for... And um, how people look and how people age that, you know, people are women are very um, conscious of that. And then I have um, an acupuncturist because acupuncture is really good for and um, for sleep, for hot flushes, for fatigue, energy um, and for mood. So I have that. And we have um, a pelvic floor physiotherapist okay. who will help us with some of those issues around yeah. and incontinence and so on. So we're I pulled that team together and I called it the menopause hub because I hoped over time that we could expand the services under that umbrella to offer according to what women want or need. Yeah,
0: so it sounds like you have all the bases kind of covered. I mean, obviously, diet needs to be looked at, exercise perhaps. So it's it's not that all of a sudden when you take HRT, it's going to solve every single problem. But if you were able to take it, perhaps it could help you make better decisions c- when it comes to diet or exercise. Because I know a lot of women kind of feel they're exhausted because they're not sleeping. So the last thing you want to do when you wake up is go for a walk. Or even though you know you probably should, it's kind of like this vicious yeah. circle. So yeah. yeah, yeah, so
1: yeah. Um. So what um, women can expect, I suppose. And um, oh yeah, so our doctor would our doctors would talk about diet and lifestyle as part of the consultation, and um, because um, everybody means you're looking after the diet and lifestyle you know really sure, absolutely sure. yeah. Um, and as you age it becomes more important um, and in fact for um, to reduce the, the risks of breast cancer in the average population of women diet and lifestyle is very important anyway yeah and um, so what women can expect is that you can um, we're a self-referral clinic so we're a private clinic that and I would love to be able to um, help women who have medical cards by giving them a free service but the way the health health system is structured in Ireland at the moment, that's not possible. Though I have spoken to the Department of Health about that. Okay. So we're we're a self referral clinic, so you don't need to be referred by your doctor. All you Brilliant. need to do is ring up to make an appointment. You can choose from any of those services. All of those services, it's entirely your choice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're you're doing online at the moment. Yeah. Well, since since then, um, COVID started. Obviously, um, we had to um, do like the rest of the world and um, move online. So our consultations are. A telehealth video, mm-hmm. which means that it's a secure video portal, and you can see the doctor. The doctor can see you. And um, you know, some people find that extremely useful. They don't have to travel, or maybe they feel more comfortable from their home than in a medical setting. And um, other people live in Cork, Galway, Donegal, yeah. um, and other people even find that maybe if they're in work or so on, they don't have access to leaving the the workplace if they're out in work or maybe leaving the home. So they're happy to do it online. Others prefer the face to face. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it gives you the option, whichever you prefer. And but most people would start with a consultation with their doctor. It's 30 minutes. And the reason it's 30 minutes is we know it's such a broad topic Um, Every woman is different. Every woman's set of symptoms are different. And there's up to 40 symptoms. So, you know, it takes a bit of time to tease through all of that. So the 30 minute consultation, the doctor goes through your medical history, your sexual and reproductive history and your symptoms. Okay. Symptom checker. We have a symptom checker online on our website and we send it to our patients in advance and when we ask you to fill that in because that's a critical part of the consultation and um, if you're o- over the age of 45 we don't routinely do blood tests to determine menopausal or perimenopausal status okay because the hormones are fluctuating so much and they don't always give an accurate reading so we would have a lot of women who come to the clinic who say they've been to the gp they've had their bloods done the GP says, all your bloods are fine, your hormones are
0: fine. Those, those words, everything's come back normal, normal, within the normal range. Yeah, exactly. And,
1: <laughs> we um, love that. Yes, and uh, yet the women can fill in, you know, almost every symptom on our symptom checker. So we don't rely on the bloods because they're not always accurate. Under the age of 45, it's really important to rule some things in and out, and therefore blood tests are routine. Okay. And um, the doctor would then go through... Based on everything she's heard, she would need to know, though, is that if you're up to date with your smears, if you've ever had a mammogram, if you've ever had a bone density or a DEXA scan, it's
0: called. Yeah, actually, it's important to say that these are the things at this age, kind of in your 40s where, and obviously, you know, you don't know if your bones are losing density yeah. um, and menopause can just bring this surge of loss. And before you know it, you could have osteoporosis, osteopenia. So it's vital. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah all of this yeah, has gone some through. Some people
1: are at more risk of osteopenia or osteoporosis than others, um, So, um, but yeah, we would encourage everyone if they can to have a, have a bone density scan at least get a, be- a baseline. And the reason is, is because you're losing oestrogen. My favorite word is oestrogen and so oestrogen loss causes all these different things. Okay. So that's why you're losing more bone um, density than you would prior to that. Uh, So the doctor... And the other thing is some women maybe haven't had a smear test for a long time or had um, a mammogram ever or... So it's really our way of trying to get women up to speed to make sure they have all the tests on offer by by the HSE. Um, Then we also do cervical smears as well in the clinic, but um, then the doctor will go through and obviously if you're on any other medication that would be important. Mm -hmm. So then she gives her assessment of what she thinks based on everything she's heard. And if she needs you to go for further investigations for any particular thing, she can do that too. And then she would talk through treatment options, okay. um, treatment possibilities. She will also talk through part of that diet and lifestyle, um, exercise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Yeah. Um, and so it then, sounds like there's a huge amount of information that goes on. So it, 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 I suppose. It's uh, important to kind of break it down in terms of perhaps even going onto your website first and having a look at that symptom checker. So you could just have a look and see, you know, this is what I have. Oh my goodness, look at this! Look, at, you know what I mean. I, yes. I'm sure you, you know any woman could go on take half them or more. Yeah. Uh, so so that's a, could be a good place, to, good start. place to start. Yeah, well, a lot yeah. Of information
1: on our website, and I've written the content, but any medical bits have obviously been approved by our doctors. But I've written the content in a way that um, it's written for women um, about menopause. And it comes from my own experience as well. So therefore, it's not all medicalised jargon. It's written in a way that um, and women often say, gosh, I read your website. It resonated with me. I really think it's great information. So there's some very good information there if you wanted to um, start there. Uh, It's just the menopausehub.ie. Symptom checker is there as well. And I just think that's very illuminating because I had, I suppose, what I would call two aha moments in my menopausal life. One of them was the symptom checker and seeing all the symptoms on a page where the dots are joined. And as I said, it's like puberty in reverse. So can you imagine taking your 13 or 14 year old doctor, daughter to the doctor sure. and saying to the doctor, um, my daughter's changed a lot. Her mm. body shape has changed. Mm-hmm. She's putting on a bit of weight. Um, she's moody. She has acne. She's slamming the doors. She's crying for no reason. Yeah, she's angry. She's sleeping an awful lot. She's eating an awful lot. Yeah. She's where's my baby gone? Yeah, and anybody who has a teenager probably can recognise that <laughs> that's why but I'm where's laughing. Where's my baby? Gone, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, of course. It's exactly the same in menopause in reverse. Yes. So we're all looking for our our former selves. Yeah. And our former selves have been impacted by this, you know, this hormone reduction, mm-hmm. and therefore. Um, so it's if you took your child to the doctor and said to the doctor, you know what's wrong with my fourteen-year-old or thirteen-year-old, whatever, the doctor would say, and the periods have started. They go, oh, do you not know? That's puberty. Yeah, you know. But we're all prepared for so- in society for puberty. Mm-hmm. We're prepared as parents, as children. Schools prepare us. Like there's books, there's literature, there's everything. When you get to the other end of the spectrum, there's very little, there's lots of information available. A lot of it's very confusing, but we're just uneducated. Yeah. So really it's that thing in reverse. And when you see all the symptoms together, you kind of go, ah, that makes sense. So wow. that was one of my aha looks, mm-hmm. So I reproduced that for women. The second one was a chart about breast cancer risks and HRT. So I can tell you I was your typical woman terrified of HRT mm-hmm. absolutely terrified will not be taking it okay um I said I'm going to power through it's only for weak women oh, I know gosh and I think it makes you put you on I think it makes you put on weight now none of my information was based on any facts yes and I certainly didn't power through and um, the births of my children without an epidural I mm-hmm. yeah so why I thought that I don't know but once again, um, misinformation, myths on education.
0: You're also working extremely hard, raising two kids. You're just getting on with it. You're just, yeah. you know, and you, as you say, Sorry. you're a little bit older. You're thinking, oh, maybe I'm just getting old. I'm tired and you accept, I suppose. Yeah, 100% yeah.
1: actually. That is true, 100 Which is,
0: is awful, but yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, so this particular chart I saw, and I found it on the... And British Menopause Society website as well and it talks about the risks of breast cancer in context of HRT and other lifestyle factors and the things I learned there are that you know taking contraceptive pill has risks of breast cancer. Drinking two units or more of alcohol a day has a greater risk of breast cancer than HRT. Being overweight or obese with with a BMI of over 30 puts you at more than double the risk of breast cancer Exercise reduces your risk of breast cancer. So when you see all this in context, you go, oh, those scary headlines that I vaguely remember from hearing aren't actually factually correct. Yes, there is a risk, Mm. but there is also a risk and sometimes a greater risk Mm -hmm. from other lifestyle factors. And you
0: you could be having those glasses of wine every night just to get through
1: the night. Exactly. And no exercise because you're exhausted. And, you know, eating poor diet and being overweight because you can't, because you're drinking too much, because you're um, exhausted and you can't do exercise. And, it, you know, it becomes this vicious circle. So um they were the
0: two things that I suppose changed things yeah. for me. And I, I suppose happened. it's important to mention um the study that was done yes. all those years ago. I mean, because we are still, I suppose, living off that really is why so many of us aren't hearing this really important information. So the World Health Organization.
1: Yeah. So the world, it was called the World Health um, Initiative and it was um, done in 2002. And I would have thought it was done well before that, to be honest. Mm. But it was only 2002 and the scary headlines came out of it saying that um, menopause, uh, sorry, HRT causes breast cancer and risk of stroke and heart disease. Um, Since then, um, well, since 2015, in fact, The um, NICE, which is the National Institute of um, Care and Health Guidelines, um, came out with um, another kind of report that basically overturned or debunked that report, the initial Women's Health Initiative, because the research was set up not to work out about what HRT causes, but to see could HRT prevent these things like heart attack, stroke in older women. Yeah. And the average age of women in that study was 63. The majority of mm. them smoked were overweight. Goodness. Obese, and already had heart disease issues. So the research was sort of, and it was published before it was peer reviewed. Mm-hmm. And um, quite frankly, I don't know how the research actually got out, but it did and it was leaked and it was all over the media. And immediately overnight, women stopped asking for HRT, Goodness. doctors stopped prescribing, yep. and the numbers in the UK would have gone from, you know, maybe 40, 50% of women in the, in the US were taking HRT down to 6% overnight. Wow. And as a result, there's a whole batch of GPs across Europe, and, and maybe in the States as well, who haven't been prescribing HRT that much because of this, this study. Um, and women haven't been asking for it. So, therefore, it's kind of fallen out of the repertoire. No. Right? Oh. Um, so, so, these women have all been missed, basically. Yeah. 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 And, and it's sad. the biggest disservice ever. And um, a lot of um, international studies have been trying to um, undo the damage of that. Now, it's not to say there's no risk because that would be a lie, yeah. but it's very small. And in addition to that, if you have a marina coil or if you have no uterus, mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to take progesterone then. Yeah. So therefore, if you're on estrogen alone, the risk goes down of breast cancer.
0: Okay, so this is a good time then to go into like when you start. So, you know, the old kind of type of HRT that would have been prescribed perhaps when you're, that's this time you're talking about. Um, we're talking about different HRT now. Body identical? bit. Right, yeah, and saying and
1: there would have been different, what I refer to as generations of HRT. And, you know, I think HRT would have started maybe in the uh, 60s. And um, the original HRT was based on, um, on an equine base. So meaning it came from horses' urine. So one of the leading brands is called Premarin. Okay. People call it Premarin, Premarin. So it's Premarin and it comes from pregnant mares' urine. So that was the initial source. Now you could argue, well, you know, um, we drink, um, cow's milk. Yeah. So we're drinking <laughs> the milk of another, sure. you know, yeah. animal. So
0: and, and is that still being prescribed? Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is. Okay.
1: We don't prescribe it in our okay. clinic. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it wouldn't be prescribed in any menopausal clinics that I know of. But Would it be?
0: It still is by GPs and And, and is it kind of better than, is it, you know, better to take that than
1: nothing? Oh, well, um I yes, it would be. I okay. Think.
0: Um, I think the
1: only thing about it is is there there are a lot more things in there, Right. The exactly. Yes,. yeah, and therefore some of the side effects could be um, greater, and that um then your body has to convert it and so on. Okay. So that was the initial one, and that was the one on which the tests were done on. The next, um, the, the the Women's Health Initiative study was done on. The next version came into ones that are called, that would have been maybe more in tablet form or some patches where they combine the HRT. Um, and the progesterone is what's called, it's not called microionized progesterone, so it's a more synthetic form of progesterone. And okay. some of the estrogen would be more synthetic. So that was the second generation, if you like. And now the third and current genera- mm-hmm. generation of HRT is what they call body identical, nature identical. Okay. Um, and it's uh, or bioidentical, yeah. And um, so there are the three were three kind of terminologies, and basically that's a marketing term. I think <laughs> people are dreadful. A marketing term that um, really means that it mimics nature. Okay, so it's exactly made to mimic the female hormones. Whereas okay. the others weren't exactly made. The others were horses' hormones. So
0: am I able to say then that they are better for your body? They are seen to be more readily absorbed they are usually
1: absorbed through the skin so what they call transdermally so through gels patches and creams Mm -hmm. and therefore that's seen as a slightly safer way of taking the hormones because they don't go through the liver like a tablet would okay Um, and that's the estrogen the progesterone is called micro ionized progesterone so it's the most natural progesterone that you can get to mimic the female progesterone hormone And that is usually taken in a tablet. You can take it orally, but you can also take it vaginally or vaginally, whichever way you pronounce it. Um, And you just put the tablet into your vagina at night and you take it at night because it has a soporific effect. So it has a sleep inducing effect. So that's what um, progesterone does for the female body. So usually they're, they're the two most common hormones. And um, the third um, hormone that comes in, in a replacement format is testosterone. Mm. And a lot of women would feel, oh my God, that's a male hormone, we yeah. need that. Whereas some women, we do have testosterone in our bodies as part of our hormonal makeup. And sometimes when the other hormones drop, the um, testosterone can drop too, or the ratio between them ch- changes. So. Uh, some women need testosterone, and how you would probably know it is particularly if you've started on HRT on oestrogen and progesterone or oestrogen alone, um, and you still suffer with maybe loss of libido, okay, or even sort of loss of kind of vavavoom or vitality or energy. Um, that would be could be prescribed by the doctor. Um, now there are only um, a couple of there's only. One brand available in Europe at the moment, which comes from Australia, that's a female testosterone. So it's made in the strength of female testosterone. Okay. The rest of the time, we have to use a male testosterone titrated down to a dose that suits women. But a lot of doctors wouldn't, I don't think, know much about testosterone. So you really probably would need to be with a menopause specialist for something like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so much information even here now going through it all. It's I'm sure I hope, you know, I'm sure listeners are going, oh, my God, it's so overwhelming. But so it is important to, you know, maybe listen to this a couple of times to kind of understand, you know, what's going on. So when women decide they've made the appointment, they get the prescription, what can women expect when they actually start to take it? Are there side effects?
1: Well, it depends. And, and once again, every woman is different. Yeah. So um, our doctor would talk through, as I said to you, the treatment options. So there are some over-the-counter solutions which you can take. And there are some herbs and phytoestrogens and so on. Now, we don't have a herbalist in our clinic and we don't have um, you know, a homeopath or anything because we don't believe that's one of the most effective solutions. And HRT is seen as one of the most effective solutions for most women, but not all. But so we don't have that. So our doctor could say to you, you could go at Mm a pharmacy or or a health food shop and get some over the counter solutions. Personally, I found that they gave me short term relief, but then eventually the hormones dropped so that the benefits um, weren't being delivered anymore to me. And then the other she can talk about is hormonal um, medical, which is hormone replacement therapy. And it could be those three hormones we spoke about or two or one. Um, the other thing that um, that the doctor can talk about as well is if you weren't suitable or weren't interested or weren't able or whatever to take HRT, is there are some horm- non-hormonal medical solutions available. So there are tablets and different types of medication that can help with some symptoms.
0: Okay. So And this could be a woman perhaps that's been through cancer of, yes. of a certain type. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: OK, experience. I suppose that's a whole other podcast. A whole other yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Is. And I wouldn't be particularly medically qualified. Or yeah, I'm not medically qualified. Yeah. I wouldn't be very afraid, but there are some that can help with some of the um, with hot flushes and different symptoms. The other thing to say, which is really, really important, is that local oestrogen is something that women should consider, which is particularly for diff- vaginal dryness. OK, and particularly for... um you know, if you're kind of running, you have that sort of, as I call it, the leak and sne- the sneeze and cough kind of leak, but um, is that the obviously the oestrogen, um, the which keeps the vagina um, and the, the labia and so on plump. Um, starts to, to to lose or to dissipate and therefore that becomes much more um, papery and dry. Yeah, and that I suppose it causes painful sex. Painful and yeah, sex. Yeah. yeah, UTIs, et cetera. A lot of women would suffer with UTIs as well. So that's, that can help. And that's very that has like minimal risk to women. Yeah. Now, it only works locally.
0: Yes. It doesn't work
1: throughout the body, whereas the other okay. stuff works throughout the body. But it's hard to believe that a simple cream or a patch that you can stick on you can deliver so many benefits. Goodness, I mean, it's I know incredible. I know I like I'm so pro-HRT. Believe me, I was anti-HRT. Yeah. But it's just hard to believe that that can deliver that yeah so um and she would write a prescription for you if needed and um depending on that it's your consultation so it's your choice yeah so in consultation with the doctor if you write if if you decide to go one of those routes she'll write a prescription for you and then what we ask the the what we do at the end is to book a woman in for a three-month review and that's to make sure that the, the lady comes back she gets her treatment reviewed how is she doing And it's an opportunity to review and revise the dosage because everybody's different. Everyone's response is different. And it's an opportunity to optimize that. And once the lady, the woman gets there with that, Mm -hmm. it will be every six months after that.
0: Okay. So can women expect that when they start within the first kind of three months, it's obviously this isn't going to, you're not going to wake up a week later and go, oh my goodness, I feel amazing. Or do the benefits happen that quickly?
1: So once again, uh, you know, know, when will I start to feel better? And the reality is is that every every woman is different and every woman's response is different. So I suppose it takes a
0: while for it to switch off. So perhaps it's the same kind of build up.
1: Well, some people feel within a day.
0: Wow. start
1: to feel the benefits. Yeah. Some people within a few days or a week, other people, it might take a bit longer. Um, and definitely, if you haven't noticed any improvement by six weeks, you need to get back to it.
0: Okay, so you're possibly on the wrong dose.
1: Yeah, or you're on the wrong delivery method for you
0: or something okay. like that. You so know. it's important to say then there's lots of different ways to take, because I know we were talking earlier and you'd mentioned just that utrogestine, which is yeah. the micronized progesterone, that can sometimes cause... A few problems for women,
1: yeah. Well, estrogen can and progesterone can. So, some people you know, and we all know those um friends of ours who you know took the pill, and never had a bother, <laughs> yeah, uh, never get a hangover, and do you know what I mean? They and then they're on the HRT and they don't have bother. And then we hear of other people who have more problems. So, estrogen can cause some when the body's getting used to this new hormone, can cause some early side effects, which might be you know tenderness in the boobs or if you had maybe you know, some headaches or whatever. But usually, they they settle within the first few weeks and um, progesterone um, can also cause some issues. They can cause some, some bloating maybe, and um, they can cause some low mood and different things. But once again, and it's very difficult to know what, yeah, yeah. what which is why you need to go, you know, come back to the doctor and um, so they can cause some, what would you call side effects is probably a bit of a strong word, but it's more that the body is, is adapting. absorbing and adapting to these hormones. Um, and then some people still, at the end of three months, aren't on the right dosage and need to have some additional or change or whatever. Um, and you know, I was on Everol Conti, which is a combined patch of oestrogen and progesterone, and my body didn't like that. I never took, could take the pill. I had to get rid of the Marina coil. So you know, I don't do too too brilliantly with progesterone, but my close friend is on that and she just thinks it's the most amazing thing. Okay. You know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, that product was out of stock for a year and there was women who tried everything but never found anything as good. Oh gosh. And yet there's other women who say, oh my God, don't give me that, I can't take it. So just like the, the symptoms... Every woman responds differently, just like menopause, just like the the um, the responses. Some women do brilliantly on SAGE when they take it. Yeah. You know, like we, we just we can't predict.
0: Yeah. And I suppose it, like anything, when you're starting something new, you have to, you know, trial, error, try it, go back to the doctor. I was the most important thing is that. If it say if you if you do begin to take it and you're getting side effects, don't just stop. Maybe you know make that yeah. phone call, go back, have another chat because there could be another route. You know, and also combined with what you're saying earlier with diet and exercise, yeah. it's a full circle. Uh, how long did it take you to notice um, changes? Oh,
1: I noticed my um, my hot flushes, which were the you know the most obvious thing. But the hot flushes because there were so many of those a day. But I noticed that they reduced dramatically in intensity. But by the time I went back for my three month review, I then, the intensity was, you know, barely noticeable.
0: Um, but then my oestrogen level was increased. Okay. So And you're sleeping better. And, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And I, look, I, it's a bit like when you have a baby, isn't it? The, uh, like sleep loss is just oh, yeah. torture. Oh, yeah. And that for me, you know, I'm, and I'm not menopausal, which what I was saying earlier, you know, I'm, I'm, a perimenopausal. So I had no idea this was linked The waking up at three o'clock in the morning. It's a vicious circle. It's like having a baby and it's oh, a form of torture. horrendous. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it is. But you know, you see the word menopausal, I think is very misleading
1: because you're either postmenopausal or you're perimenopausal. Yeah. And so when you haven't had a period for more than a year, you're considered postmenopausal. And then the stages up to that, you're perimenopausal. Whereas menopause, and then there's surgical menopause. Yes. And then there's early menopause. So there's all these phases and stages of menopause. And whereas they're all menopause. So when you say okay. you're not menopausal, you were perimenopausal. So you are
0: menopausal. Yes. You're just not
1: postmenopausal.
0: Right. I get you. Yeah. You yeah. Understand? Yeah. But I suppose, and as you said earlier, it takes, you could be 10 years in yes. this phase. So it's like a transition.
1: Yeah gosh
0: yeah. my god it's so much information so much information so it leads me on to World Menopause Day so talk to me just for a few minutes about that.
1: Well did you know there was even a World Menopause no, Day? I no I didn't. Did.
0: <laughs> I, well I did because you and I had been chatting but up until I met you I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and I, so what's going on this is amazing I presume it's all online now is it? Um, well there is um, World Menopause Day is on
1: the 18th of October of the okay. year. And um, so last year I hosted a conference and I brought a number of um, international um, experts together and it was held for the public. So for women, for women like you and I, and they came to get to hear a number of different speakers. Um, This year, obviously, uh, COVID land um, we are we've moved that to online. So we're hosting. Um, and this year I've linked up with the UK with my colleague well so people I know in the UK in the world of menopause and we're hosting a UK Ireland oh, amazing yes we have an international lineup. we've got um, one of the top um, gynecologists from um, the UK and Europe and um, his name is Mr Na- Mr. Nick Panay and he's opening for us we have um, an American menopause specialist doctor called Menopause Taylor we have a dietitian and nutritionist Nigel Demby we have our own doctor Dr Kiva Hartley we have a UK doctor Dr. Naomi Potter we have the lady Jane Lewis who wrote me and my menopausal vagina that's a book okay about her dry vagina and um, and we have um uh somebody who looks after mental health and can talk about CBT and so on we've then um, our own Maeve Whelan who works in Milltown um uh, physio oh yes I know Maeve pelvic, yeah, yeah 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 pelvic floor Um, stuff. So we have this, Ray, and it's basically short, sharp, 15 minute segments whereby we, you know, we fly through it so that when you leave the conference and it starts at 10, it'll be on Zoom and it finishes at 1.30, you'll have got a kind of a top to toe of menopause. Fantastic! Um, and yeah. so rather than doing long sessions where they're very in depth, you know, people have only got a concentration of um, yeah. a, a small amount of time. It's on a Saturday, the day before World menopause day, because we thought people might have a bit more time. And um, the tickets are fifteen euro on Eventbrite, but we're donating the, the proceeds to um, Women's Aid, which is domestic violence.
0: Oh, oh, this is fantastic! So, where can people sign up for
1: this? So they can sign up. We it's on our. We have a Facebook page called the Menopause Hub. We have a website, the Menopause um, I'm also. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. But okay. you can get it on Eventbrite, and it's called Menopause No Taboo 2020. Brilliant, um, and it's really. I'm so passionate about breaking down the barriers around this. Oh, so I that's can why tell. We're hosting yeah. It, you know? It's so important. And it's so important. We've also done, I've also um, put together a survey and um, this is from my marketing days. I'm very interested to hear what people think about things. So it's called What Women Want, Okay. Um, which is, you know, the name of the film, but uh, What Women Want in Perimenopause and Menopause in Ireland. And it's a survey to find out what women think about the services of menopause support and care in Ireland. And it's really what would they like to see change about that. And the reason I've put it out there is that I would like to know what women would want, and I'm going to speak to the Department of Health and anybody from media who wants to talk to me about it. You know, to kind of throw the spotlight on um, how how it feels to be a menopausal woman in Ireland and what they think about the support and care. And um, so that's also available on our website and on our um, on our social media pages. So if anyone has the opportunity to fill that in, that would be absolutely brilliant to okay. take five minutes of your time.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Oh my God, thank you so. That was so informative it's just so much information and it's all going to be I'm going to I'll put everything on the WEN podcast uh, website as well so thank you so much for coming in and hopefully we could do another podcast soon maybe with one of your doctors and if anybody had any questions perhaps that they'd like to ask we could we could do it that way if, if that's suited um, Sounds like a brilliant idea and listen thank you for having me and
1: I am so grateful to anyone who sheds light on this um, you know from all walks of life I just think it's such a neglected area. So thank
0: you. Yeah, oh my absolute pleasure. Thanks a million, Loretta.